and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the Internet's best radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the third album from a San Francisco-based band called Pardoner. It's called Came Down Different, and the first song is called Donna Said. San Francisco-based band. The three original members met at San Francisco State University, and Max Freeland, the vocalist and guitarist, has since moved to Vancouver, but they all came back to the Bay Area to record this their third album. Yeah, and what I really appreciate is, I guess, that they were two guitarists and a drummer to start, and then for this album, they added the bassist, and I really appreciate how thick and sludgy the sound is. And it's like, oh, yeah, that... Um, it's it's a really substantial album and it's exactly i i think what i didn't realize i needed it we've done a bunch of episodes now on albums i think much more in kind of a pop sensibility and here you know we, we hear their melodic side but not until we first heard this wall of guitar noise and it just takes me back to the best of the 90s i was gonna say this hits all of my sweet spots of 90s nostalgia that sludgy kind of guitar rock but also with a pop sensibility you know makes me think of like pavement or husker do because i don't like too much noise it's got to have a melody and this has both yeah i mean and it's i think they're clearly super tight talented guitarists and it's very much like, yeah, we're intentionally playing in this kind of jangly, vaguely out of tune style that again is yeah, so pavement-y and it's yeah, it's so warm and I think it's great for this first track. Uh, I think just thematically, I'm not going to dig too much into this, but I feel like there is kind of a through line of just like, yeah, it's, it's hard to be an artist and the sort of struggling to, you know, people have to like you if you want to be a successful musician and that's really hard. Yeah, and it's got the line, when you got feelings in guitar, you want to trade it for cash. Yeah, and they're doing it. <laughs> it, it results in this album. And if if, uh, if commerce leads to art, then that's a good thing. So going from that track, we go into the next one, which is called... I want to get high to the music.
this is one of a couple of very short tracks on the record and i love that there's a band that can do a complete conventional that you know donna said had a very conventional structure here it's just kind of this repeated refrain and then suddenly gets super energetic and then it's over and it's uh i think yeah they, they know how not to overdo it and it starts to reveal i think a real thematic heart of the album which is this kind of the first track is all about the production side and this is about the consumption side and the conflict between that and that oh it's just the temptation to just zone out and consume what other people have created is very great and i love the like little ri- you know just this great little riff and then at the end it breaks apart into this you know very n- noisy jam that just is a great conclusion to this very short song yeah i i think they know yeah, that ability to balance sweetness and complete noisy anarchy, except it is an anarchy. Everything feels very controlled. And so, yeah, I, I think they they master that in this track. And then in the next track, which is the next, the second of those really short tracks, it's called Spike. on this album I think I would characterize it as being about working in the world of late stage capitalism and I what the band has said about it is that the album is about hopelessness money and feeling good in a sick and seriously twisted world and I think this song does the best to just capture all that in a very short little time frame yeah it's so pithy and yeah it's what not even a minute and a half and it's loaded with i think more amazing lyrics than most albums and so i'll just pick the one of just have fun now pay me and the yeah the nightmare of a day job in that, this world that's not even the be- that's not even uh, the the best lyric it's, on it's that it's the short that song. it's the shortest my favorite is he drove up in an electric car i'm pinching pennies to fix the guitar Okay, I picked the one that was short because it was, uh, yeah, there's too much good stuff in here. And it is the energy that lashes out like that kind of end up that ping ponging left, right guitar. You just get the sense of kind of trying to keep your balance in the world. And he's just kind of scrambling along. You really get to see the amazing drumming. Um, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce River River Vandenberg, (laughs) which is how I would pronounce it. It's such a tight drummer. I mean, all the musicians on this in this band are very tight. And yeah, the drumming in songs like this is what really makes it a break. Yeah, there's all these great little fills and then the occasional dropped beat to just Mm -hmm. keep you more off kilter, off balance. And so, yeah, you just you really get that emotional vibe of someone struggling and kind of stumbling through the day just to get through it with this jerk boss and the the anger comes out and it seems pretty justified. Yeah, all these songs are unsettling in a way that is it like undercuts the poppiness of some of the melodies and I really like it. 
And I, I think an additional thing that makes it feel a little unsettled is I believe I read that Max Freeland sort of made up some of these tunings when learning some different songs. And so they, they sound a little bit off. And I think that really works for the record as a whole. Yeah, that is awesome. And yeah, that you're yeah being innovative, much appreciated. So I think from these two really short songs, we go into a one of the longest and more at least initially more chill songs it's called lucky day love the incredible contrast between the sedated to the point of passing out kind of style of these verses and then the hyper speed thrash craziness of the chorus if it's not really chorus it only happens once but it really it serves that purpose just the emotional heart of the song and that it's the natural consequence i think we we heard about this boss in spike and i feel like here he's singing right to that same boss and he's nominally sympathizing and then again the anger comes out and it is vicious well and i feel like this song does a great job of capturing the feeling of being either completely kind of burned out and tuned out and then just very angry about being in the situation to begin with and it channels the the balance between like rage and passivity yeah it's again i you get the sense the range is winning even if a little more of the uh just quiet, repeated, resigned, you gotta go. It's really the, uh, in a good way, I guess that's kind of the closest thing to a chorus. It's so understated, um, and yet it is the message. <laughs> and, and you could you can also tell that if this band wanted to write a really slow and pretty ballad, they probably could. It's not really their style, but, it, you know, they've got that relaxed... Yeah. And, and I, I like that this is an, another case of I feel like this kind of using extreme stereo separation isn't very uh, stylish or popular these days, but this band just leans into that. So I really love how you have kind of down the middle is this pretty kind of plodding uh, guitar line that just repeats and repeats. There's these nice little ornamental melodies on the left and then the feedback kind of comes more and more on the right, letting you know the storm is coming. The storm is coming. 
and it's awesome when it arrives. Yeah, the production work on this record is really interesting. And, you know, it was recorded in two and a half days at Atomic Garden East in Oakland. And the producer is Jack Shirley, who's worked with Death Heaven and some other very noisy bands. So you can see that influence here. Okay, the next song that we'll play is called Bunny's Taxi. sarcastic sort of chorus of come on and do what you want the band says the song is about personal freedom and how one person's idea of freedom can encroach on another's yeah well you know i found the song very evocative the opening imagery of the Mm -hmm. sunlight like a you know a dentist light and imagining you know the city as these teeth that are about to get drilled by some foreboding apocalyptic and it was very hard for me not to go to sort of this critique of like the summer of love which is the sort of image that the san francisco puts out of like oh yeah peace and love man and like yeah it fell apart and then you had the zodiac killer and dirty harry being that sort of flip side of this of just death and violence and vigilantism okay you're reading a lot into this yeah but but i feel like that that's sort of those two poles of like oh this beautiful pure liberty and pure anarchy i think this song does best what this song is a the best example on this record of what this band does really well which is just these kind of trading guitar riffs and these great melodies and then just erupting into kind of noisy anarchic energy yeah, the, the use of yeah, feedback as another instrument is so spot on that they can have this really, I mean, the, the guitar groove on this song is so great. And you get these interlocking, interlocking guitar lines, the bass holds it down and the screeching and it all works together so well. Like these are really immaculately constructed songs. Yeah, and it's surprising that the band has, the band members have kind of been living in separate places. And then these songs came out of, Max Freeland's demos that he wrote in Vancouver and then he kind of brought them down and they collaborated to flesh out the rest of the songs and then track this really quickly. It's 
surprised me because they all sound so tight that it sounds like they have been playing together regularly this whole time and presumably they you know have only had few and far between times to be able to get together yeah and especially if the stories of him like going up to Canada and then trying to learn all these crazy new guitar tunings and bringing them back down and how we're how you know it's like he's like hey we're gonna do these songs oh and also I wrote them in Martian like and somehow it sounds yeah it sounds like everyone was on the same same page somehow I don't know how you pull that off yeah it sounds very cohesive so the next song we'll play is called Hammer Factory a minute of talk singing where the voice is really low in the mix and you almost have to kind of strain to hear the story that's being told while the guitars are really overblowing the vocals and it's an interesting way to start out the song yeah i was not expecting based on the earlier tracks on this album to hear one that like reminded me of king missile where it was often this like vaguely sardonic talking over often really rocking guitars Mm -hmm. and here yeah the instrumentals are over the top although we do get a little bit of a relief in i don't know thinking about the structure i feel like there's sort of a bunch of talking and then a couple of bridges before then it fades out with just that uh little bit of whiplash between this vaguely nostalgic sort of feeling of like oh i you know i remembered working in a this factory to the hammer comes down it's sort of like making the making the hammer yay oh no the hammer is used to come down on something and just you don't know what and it's this yeah very apocalyptic vibe at the end a lot of these songs and i think this is an example are very ambitious structurally and i'm not sure they all quite work together but they're all interesting but this is an example of one where i think the the way that the pieces come together is a little bit disjointed and i think maybe it could have been tied together more effectively, but um, but I'm not really complaining. Yeah, I feel like it's not quite as... I feel like there's a lot of consistency thematically, and this is the one, one of the tracks that I feel like is the most kind of outlier, both sonically and in terms of vibe, and it just does seem to be much more about setting a mood, and it does it that, even though it's a very strange mood, <laughs> for sure. So we go from that into another, I think you know, less atypical track on the album. It's called Totally Evil Powers.
about this about this song the band has said that it's meant to simulate being high and scrolling social media and then remembering all of the bad evil stuff outside of our little phone worlds yeah it has that energy i mean that guitar line is so kind of driving but also this has a definite sense of stasis like you're just kind of running in place mm-hmm. and it's like just yeah that sense of like oh you're rolling rolling through rolling through rolling through rolling through all these just little vignettes of your different people you know and it's simultaneously like it's like a filling meal with no nutrition it's exhausting but you didn't actually get anything accomplished it's yeah it it, it does a lot with very little. This is another pretty damn short song. Yeah, and another song where the drums just do a lot of the propulsive moving forward, where it's super tight, super punchy, and it. I think this song is less than two minutes long. It just comes in, comes out, and leaves you wanting more. Yeah, you get it. I think it. It some of the songs I think they're actually relatively patient and take you know twenty thirty seconds to really establish the melodic vibe of the song and here you get five seconds and then you're good to go like and again that is such an efficient that guitar line i really appreciate it like these guys are remarkable craftsmen with the guitar yeah so we're gonna play we're gonna flip the last two songs that we'll play the title track is came down different is the penultimate track but we're gonna play that last and we're gonna play next the last song, which is called "Fuck You!" Exclamation point! Because I feel like it does. It, we want to have a chance to talk about it a little more. So we'll put that. talk about it just because i feel like it sums up sort of the ethos of the whole album and it's looking at all of these you know name checking all of these references and then expressing the desire to do something different and one of my the the part that we cut we didn't play in the beginning um in the first verses malcolmus springsteen mccartney mckay getting all my wisdom from a dumb old guy yeah well you have to figure out something to be the origin of your next tattoo i think it's I think a, the challenge of being any artist 
who is not the first to a feel like that rock and roll or pop music has been around for so long now and doing something new is almost impossible and you want to transcend your influences but on some level you can't and I think it's I'm not sure what to make of him going at the end of like struggling to like celebrate all these people try to move beyond them and then in the end hey let's bring in some Jerry Garcia and just say just listen and well, I think, I think that could mean so many different things. Yeah, I think the the takeaway I get from it and from all music that we listen to is that there's always going to be influences that you can pick out. But if it's in, if it's music that makes you feel something and means something to you, it doesn't ultimately matter. Even if they're trying to do something different and not necessarily succeeding, it's just listen to the music. And, you know, if, it, if it's good music and you like it, then that's all that really matters. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, they are succeeding in being innovative, that they're, you know, these interesting weird tunings and mm-hmm. pacings, the, you know, the sometimes a little aggressive whiplash between the slow and fast and quiet and loud parts and the, you know, yeah, the cut, the inf- it doesn't feel like a retread. And the fact that the song ends with this guitar jam out with the dueling guitars and all of the musicians just together very tightly, I think that is a great way to end the album. And that's how that song goes out. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that very kind of arena rock arpeggios and that here, even in the last track, like every track has, I think, given us something to surprise us. And it's, anyway, I, I can call it a triumph that here they are on the third record. And I guess they're first on bar none being a pretty high profile indie label and the tragedy of the pandemic that this was released, I guess earlier this year. And are they planning to tour? It kind of doesn't look like it yet. And I, yeah, I want to see these guys live. Like I feel like these songs would be so good. <laughs> and well, I'm so sure sad. we'll have the chance. But yes. Soon enough. So this whole album is, I think, only around 30 minutes, which is the length of this show. So um, just go and listen to the whole thing. It's worth your time. And it's just, I feel like it was a refreshing change of pace from what we've been listening to lately. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's 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 loud and it's angry. But ultimately, I it leaves me feeling energized. Like, I don't feel like I somehow wallowed and got worse. I, you know, I came back. I didn't come back worse. I came back better. <laughs> came down different came down different came back better <laughs> so um we're gonna go out with the penultimate track again which is the title track came down different and we've been discussing the third album by partner and you've been listening to for the record thank you so much for listening
is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.